and welcome to episode 25 of the Graph Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Fairholm. This week's episode is another installment of Behind the Ball, a series looking at graph golf and how we are building a smart golf ball and analytics platform. For this episode, I invited Rowan Fraser back onto the show. Rowan is the chief design officer at Graph and has been on two previous pods, episode 12, where he went into how he ended up at Graph, and episode 23, which was a recap of season one. This time he is coming on to talk about where golf is headed, specifically with training and analytics, and how Graph factors into that. I won't spoil anything, but it is a fun conversation and goes well beyond our company as we take a look at where golf has been and where it can go in the future. A really exciting time for golf. Before we get to that, I just wanted to remind everyone the launch of the Graph Golf Ball is in the works, and the best way to keep up with any updates we have is with our newsletter. You can find that along with a lot more information at our website, graph.golf, and you can also follow us on Instagram at graphgolf or email us at club at graph.golf. You can also go to our website and click on the club tab to see a growing database of podcast episodes and articles. Our most recent article is from a new addition to our team, Ryan Evans, as he describes what the average swing speed is for each level of player. Okay, let's get right into it. Here's our conversation with Rowan Fraser on the evolving concept of training in golf and how graph factors into that. Enjoy. Rowan, thanks for hopping on the podcast once again. Great to have you on for, I think, I believe this is your third time on the podcast. I believe so. Great to, great to have you on. Training in golf. Uh, I, I just laugh kind of looking back at my childhood where you would grab 27 irons and head to the range and hit 27 irons and try to get feedback based on how you feel that day and kind of your own uh, qualitative data that you're trying to trying to sure. you know collect throughout that session and now training in golf has just completely changed where people are not accepting of going to the range and just hitting 27 irons blindly into a field and not getting any information back from that what do you what do you think about kind of the future of where golf training is heading and where we are right now it's a great question. Um, I had a similar, uh, you know, exposure to golf when I was younger. I ha- had an uncle who played, um, had no idea how to do it. I literally snuck onto a course like at dusk a few times. Um, can't even remember what club, probably some sort of wedge, no clue what I was doing, no guidance, you know? Um, and the direction now, yeah, it's not, it's, I see it like twofold, it's not only the exposure and that there are more, you know, training protocols available and a little bit more, like maybe some more inroads to the game, but also with things like top golf and uh, pop stroke, I mean, you know, the number of birthday parties that are going to be booked at top golf this year. And, and I imagine pop stroke and like, you know, that kind of thing, like inviting the youth to just be exposed to the game before they even think of it as like potentially a sport that, that they could really get, you know, fall in love with. So in that regard, I think the, 
the not only the training uh you know the ability to train different ways different places but also just just the straight up exposure to the sport i think is gonna have you know huge repercussions in the next 5 10 20 years uh for, that are gonna be awesome for the sport for sure is is golf cool right now <laughs> it, it used to not be cool growing up i remember yeah. distinctly being on my high school golf team and golf being very not cool and, it, and a second question is training for golf kind of cool now because i remember a time where yeah. you know analytics in golf and talking about your spin rate you're talking about your launch angle was kind of seen as you know a little bit passe like you, you kind of just you played the game and that's right. like real golf and that seems to kind of changed yeah that's like the brooks the brooks approach just show up to the course <laughs> and uh you know shoot shoot a 65 must be nice. Um, is golf cool? What a great question. Um, <laughs> my gut reaction is almost. I think it's close. And I think um, the person who thinks that they're the conductor on the cool train is probably Bryson. <laughs> but I don't think everybody thinks – I think golf enthusiasts think Bryson's cool. Um, with the average, like – Jim rat dude think that Bryson was cool. This like ripped golfer or this brolic golfer, like smashing the ball. Like what does that mean to the general population to, to hit a 350 yard drive, you know, 370 yard drive. I don't know. I think it's close. And the sub question I think is, is the integral is maybe the missing piece, which is the training, like kind of where we were starting off the conversation, like, uh, you know, training is cool it, just as a general thing you know working out being fit being healthy being well being prepared being proactive that's cool and and i do think that that's you know taken the western world over now um where everyone likes to be active and have some kind of you know whether it's training for you know a marathon or uh, training for you know just just being fit or, or a sport or you know an intramural league or if you're an amateur or professional athlete training you know i think it is cool i think it's seen as pushing yourself you know and and i think that testing your limits and testing what you know the human body can achieve i think is definitely cool and our i think our uh, culture celebrates people who have pushed the limits and there are some of those people in golf. Bryson is one of them. Tiger's definitely one of them. Um, but there's more in other sports, a lot more, or seemingly anyway. And uh, I think golf's right there, though. It's not far off. It's, it, it could be cool in the next 10 years here, I would say. I wanted to open this up a little bit in terms of what question as a golfer are you asking yourself in regards to training and, and I'll start kind of sharing my opinion on it. The question that I ask, and I think a lot of people ask are, where am I and how can I get better? And I know those are kind of two large buckets, but I think the more that you dig into those buckets, there are more questions that golfers want to know about themselves. They want to know carry yardages. They want to know ball speed. They want to know, why they are losing distance off the tee relative to their peers. They, they want to know a lot of other things as golfers. So you as a golfer, as somebody who, who plays the game, what questions do you think that you're 
asking yourself and what can you learn about yourself as a golfer? Yeah. The excellent question. Um, I, the, the burning question in my mind that I always have for myself, whether I'm on the range or playing around, uh, am I, am I getting better? That's just kind of, that, that's, that's the, always the burning question. And it's hard to know sometimes if you're getting better, even if you have an instructor or a trainer or a, a golf pro at your local course, it can be hard to know. Either things happen, you have setbacks, and then you wonder, well, were they right with what they said to me? I mean, what was, what you know, I'm sure there are things that make you question the numbers, you know, you, maybe your numbers are seemingly getting better, but Maybe you're interpreting them the wrong way, or, or, or maybe some numbers increasing aren't always good. You know, maybe carry distance, it, it's maybe it's not good to just increase carry distance, uh, you know, exponentially. <laughs> you know, maybe you there's a limit. Your, yeah, your... maybe the control. Yeah. And, and then how do you, I'm always, what's always challenging me for, for me with golf is it's a time consuming game and it's, it's, can be hard to train. It can be hard to, to get to a range or to get to fit it in your schedule. It's not like, um, you know, maybe bodybuilding or, or running, you know, you can't just kind of say, well, I'm going to carve out 20 minutes here and, and, and train and work on this. It's, it can be hard to know. And then even when you do train, it can be hard to get that feedback that, that, that kind of confirms or lets your mind rest at ease knowing like you made progress. And I think I, honestly, you know, just to draw a connection point, like I, I think that's more or less the grander idea at graph. I mean, like we have a specific product of course, but the general idea is, you know, empowering athletes. It's the phrase we always say. And, and I think what that means is like letting an athlete know, like, where do I stand? Like kind of, getting back to what you were saying, where am I? And, and what's the way forward, you know, and it's impossible to know that um, if you don't have access to, to training methodologies. And I'll tell you what, I, I am living proof that swinging a club in your, you know, Brooklyn apartment in, in, in thin air day after day after day, doesn't make you a better golfer. You might feel better. Maybe it kind of works those muscles and maybe you get less tired at a session and stuff, but it, it, do, it doesn't make you a better golfer. <laughs> and that's, but that's the training that I have available when I have 10 minutes free in the middle of the day. So, so let's get into some of the details about graph and about how people can implement this into their training and how this is actually going to, to help people. Uh, what are some of the metrics that graph measures and you mentioned the ability to use this in your backyard or your garage or in a smaller space uh, not taking up several hours of your day in order to use this technology what are some of the advantages that are there in terms of what what information that you're getting and what you can get out of this right so i mean from a from specifically we're going to be grabbing what i would call the core metrics that that you're going to you're going to grab from many other systems, TrackMan, Foresight, and, you know, you launch monitors, you name it, you know, we're going to have contact readouts. We're going to have some sort of performance score, a consistency score per club, 
obviously carry, ball speed, launch angle, spin rate, spin direction, height, hang time, you know, all, all the sort of, yeah, the core statistics that help you gain the understanding of the quality of a shot, um, which will over time give you the sense of the quality or your ability with each of your clubs, which will then give you the ability to responsibly say where your strengths and weaknesses are in your game. Um, and from there, it's, it's, it gets you in the process that's, you know, second nature to a lot of people that have been in this sport for a long time now, which is, okay, what are my tendencies? Uh, how do I do damage control? How do, you know, some tendencies can be fixed outright. Um, and then some just have to always be worked on. And, you know, the first step is knowing and the second step is coming up with a, you know, a, a program for success. And that's when our platform moves into improve. Um, so the, the, we have two big sections. One is analyze, which kind of gives you all the readings I was just mentioning. And then improve is a section that interprets that data and, and gives you a plan, you know, a way forward, kind of going back to what we were just speaking about a second ago. You know, in school, you learn about SWOT, a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Yeah. It's kind of the best way to learn, you know, whether it's a business or whether it's something personal in your own life, trying to get better. A lot of golfers kind of show up to the golf course. They don't have a SWOT analysis. They don't know exactly where they stand in terms of, you know, what their strengths are relative to their peers or, you know, what they can learn in order to get better. And this kind of seems like, I don't want to say cheat code, but it almost seems like kind of a way to uh, figure out a lot of information and gain a lot of information about yourself very quickly and very efficiently in order to move forward. That's right. Um, yeah, just building on that. I know I know that's not like a direct question, but it, but just the, you make me think of a few things. Um one, one of the unfortunate things about golf, and this kind of gets back to your original question of whether or not golf's cool. I think, I think one of the, the uncool thing about golf used to be that it was this preppy, even, even waspy kind exclusive, of yeah. Yeah, exclusive quote unquote sport, really, really more of an activity uh, for, uh, you know, retired uh people to you know walk around the course and you know wear funny socks and and uh sweaters and vests and hats and uh feel feel uh successful and rich and, and this kind of thing and i think that's kind of become sort of a, a cartoonish representation of the of the game I, I don't believe that that's what golf is anymore you know what is cool you know if, if if it's not appealing to young athletes or collegiate athletes, I mean, I think that that's the cutoff right there. I mean, that that's what I think cool is in the realm of sport. And, you know, go golf is kind of neither of those things. And, and But it has the potential to be, um, I think, in, in more of the realm of, uh, of some of the more major sports in the Western world. But what's missing is that, that piece where, you know, like we were saying in the beginning, people still don't really know how to, you know, yeah, like 
come at golf with, with a SWAT. Like it's not, the norm is still, and it has been for so long to beat balls at the range and play as many rounds as you can with your friends. And by, you know, luck of the draw, a handful of guys and gals will become very good at the game. Um, but it's leaving it comp almost completely to chance because, you know, the people who kind of seem to have a knack for it might consider getting some lessons to sort of ramp up their game. And, hey, maybe they graduate out of their crummy old group of their high school buddies and, you know, move up to a group of members at the club. And, and you know, but it's a really wonky path forward um, for a game that has the potential to, you know, be so much more like, for, for example, for kids, um, this could, this game can put you through college. This, this game can, you know, make you a living. I mean, sure. You probably have a better chance in other sports right now, but I mean, who knows until how long it'll be until golf hits that tipping point and becomes cool. And, and if it did become cool, I mean, it, it would change fast and you'd see, the youth interest ramp up majorly and top golf is just one, one way forward, you know, pop strokes, just one um, new thing. I mean, based on the success of those companies, what if 12 more companies that are similar to that pop up, you know, the gamification piece could completely change the sport and, you know, maybe golf's not cool, but top golf's definitely cool. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, and if you go to a Top Golf and you see who's there, it's a lot of people in their their twenties. It's a lot of teenagers. It's a an age demographic that golf has historically had issues with uh, trying to attract people of that that age. And they're not wearing golf clothes. They're they're wearing jeans and they're they're wearing Lululemon right. and they're <laughs> it's right. a completely different clientele. And hopefully, some of those people go and, and do play on a golf course eventually, but uh, it's not necessarily about that. It, it can be just right. about that experience. I'm, I'm interested in getting your thoughts on uh, team golf, uh, specifically high school golf and college golf and how graph can be a part of that eventually uh, be a part of that and uh, kind of make a difference. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking about, uh, college facilities where they may have the the graph ball available to them and mm -hmm. an entire team can be using this as a, as a training aid. Uh, it seems like there are a lot of different analytics that a uh, college coach can employ in terms of which players he's going to play. And uh, there's a whole rabbit hole we could probably go down with that. But I'm just interested in getting your thoughts on teams and specifically, you know, youth uh, being able to, to use this product. Yeah, well, I would say it, you know, not to oversimplify my answer here, but I think it's the sky is sort of the limit here. But, you know, just as one example, there's there's no real reason uh, why right now uh, a, a D1 collegiate golfer in Florida couldn't face off against a D1 collegiate golfer in California using TrackMan alone. But tradition is why we don't do it. And also when you, when you're standing next to your opponent on the course, you know, there's nerves at work, there's different things. And I completely agree that that's core to the art of sport. I do think that, um, it, it, it should be that way for competition, but talking to, with your question, talking about training, I mean, there it's limitless. It's limitless. I mean, as far as, um, being, for example, being able to 
collect and share statistics is, is, is one thing, but being able to uh, sort of understand your own game and your teams, you know, the, the games of the individuals on your team is a huge advantage. Now I'm sure a lot of collegiate programs may have track matter, may use launch monitors, may have access to analytics, but there's division two and there's division three and there's high school teams. And, you know, there's, uh, local courses that don't have this kind of technology. Um, again, it's, it's empowering athletes, right? Like access to analytics puts you in a whole different um, tier uh, with the ability to understand the SWAT of your game more finitely, your strengths and weaknesses, and the, those strengths and weaknesses of your players. I mean, that empowers a coach to make decisions about who to play against who on a team. Um, for weather conditions, you know, who's a less spinny player uh, that, ha- that hits lower trajectory shots, you know, who's, who's going to go out as your number one in that certain match, being able to share data, um, you know, coming into a college, having a repository of data uh, that you hit that you did in your senior year rounds or training sessions. I mean, as far as having the access to this kind of stuff, um, you know, track man's one way, but again, you know, so many people, don't have that repository with TrackMan or don't know how to share it with other people and create a sort of pool. And that's, that is the, I think the missing link it's, it's collection for your individual, uh, you know, progress. And then it's the communal kind of sharing aspect to work as a team or to, you know, kind of match yourself up with similar golfers, similar handicaps, similar age range, things like this. So, yeah, again, I think that it's sort of limitless with how far you can you can push it after a certain level. I wanted to kind of end in this space. So let's kind of walk through what a what a graph user can expect in terms of what they can get out of this. So let's say somebody goes and they they hit the graph ball, they hit a certain amount of shots with with a six iron, they hit, you know, 25, 30 shots with a six iron. Um, they're gathering all this, this data throughout this, throughout this range session. What do you do with that? Mm -hmm. Uh, even if you, if you do this over a long period of time, you do this month over month with different clubs, you're gathering all this data, you're gathering ball speed, you're gathering rates with, with this club. Where where do you go with that? Uh, sure. What what are you, what are you doing with that in terms of what the analytics platform can provide? And what can a golfer kind of expect from that standpoint? Sure. Well, I think the the first the first step with any kind of training tool or or, or, or similar technology like this is what do you what do you want? You know, what, what do you want to get out of something? I was I was just uh, watching a good good video. Uh, they have a TrackMan installed in their you know good good compound now. It seems like. It seems like only yesterday that that these guys were like scraping together some golf rounds in their in their hometown somewhere doing trick shots, and now like they're doing these good good labs videos at, at their home TrackMan facility, which is amazing for them. But they had they did some videos with Bryson, and and I was checking out a couple of the guys. I think Bubby was one of them. Were going, or maybe it was the Matt. They were going for ball speed. They're trying to br- hit a certain ball speed peak. Um, 
And that's, that's interesting for golf, right? Like I, I've watched a lot, uh, some training videos for pitchers and baseball, try, just trying to max out like their, their throwing arm, like literally running and throwing full speed into a net just to max out their velocity. Um, so it's what, what do you want? Like, do you, do you want to accomplish some kind of like feat? Do you want to push your body to its limits? Maybe you, maybe you never step foot on a golf course. You know what I mean? And like, you just go for ball speed, you go for carry, you share it with your buddies through the app. They share their data with you. And I mean, if, if what you want is to push your body, like you would in a workout, like you would, and you know, there people do it in other sports there, you, there's that. Um, and then it's, it, you want to be a better golfer. I, you know, I feel like that'll be, you know, that's on a lot of people's minds right now. Right. Well, I mean, hitting a number of six irons um, at a driving range isn't, it isn't a waste of time per se, but hitting a number of six irons that are all calculated, that give you, that give you contact data, that give you um, ball flight data, that give you carry distance, that give you spin, huge. Um, the, the amount that you can glean from that data is huge because again, like you want to be a better golfer. Well, you know, this is, this is something that uh, as time goes on, you need, there is a, there is definitely a point in your improvement that you need to know what the ball does off the face of your club. And, and it's not enough. The eye test is not enough. It only gets you so far being able to share this uh, data with a pro or, or with an instructor, um, being able to share it with golfers that are slightly better than you. Maybe you have a couple of friends who are, are, are a, a bit better than you are. Um, they know their stats. You can compare. Um, or maybe just sharing it with your friends. Maybe you guys shoot similarly, but certain shots um, plague you, whereas they're great at those types of shots. Being able to understand it from a data standpoint is going to make the whole process easier. If you want to be better at golf, this is going to make it so much easier on you. And you're going to be able to spend your time that much more efficiently. And it, not to mention, I mean, just going back to kind of the first point, but there's a lot of fun to be had in, in, in the game of golf. Um, and, and this is kind of, we've touched on this a few times uh, throughout this pod, but I mean, top golf is, is proof that people want to have fun with golf. People go there in heels. I think it's um, I think it's amazing that people go there, and you know maybe maybe five percent of them are ever going to play on a course. I think that's great for the sport. Just showing our culture that it can be fun, that data is fun, and and understanding things is fun. Um, just as a very high level takeaway from the product, I think right there is is great as well. <laughs> And I touched on this when I talked to Parker during his podcast episode, but over time, you know, we're going to have data that says if you're a 10 handicap, your spin rate with a six iron is, is this, and you're going to be able to compare yourself to other people of similar skill levels. The concept of, of having a lot of data points to collect over time is going to be really powerful to, for people to, to be able to share that with other people. Absolutely. I think the, the sharing and the communal aspect of it is 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole other branch um, of this kind of just general trend of analy data and analytics that's, that's blazing through sports right now. Um, and I think it's, it's only good. It's only good. It just gives, you know, there used to be this sort of divide between the pros and, you know, uh, you know, regular people or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and the pros got the access to the analytics. They knew how to interpret it. They knew how to understand it. They knew how to break it down. It's like Tony Romo, you know, predicting plays on NFL broadcasts. It's like <laughs> he gets it because you don't have the ability to understand. You know what I mean? And a certain, certain, uh, there's truth to that. But the trend in sports right now is no, like give give us the ability to look at the numbers and and let let us let us try, you know. And being able to share and see other people's data, your age, your handicap, your ability level, your power, your strength, your or your contact prowess, like all those different things, and be able to compare. Being able to find your double, right? I'm I'm a I, I'm a young golfer in Indiana and I find my, my contact match in, in India. You know what I mean? Like same contact numbers, same trajectory, same ball velocity, same carry distance on every club. You know what I mean? Like a, like a complete match. Like I basically found the same golfer as myself across the world. I mean, that's, that's, that's the cool part that that's the, that, well, that's more like the cherry on top, but I think, um, it kind of, it kind of says what needs to be said about uh, about the potential that the uh, social and commun communal aspect that comes with a product that that gives access, uh, you know, data and analytics access to to athletes. And, and as a coach myself, I dream of the day when a student comes up to me and they have years of analytic data behind them on who they are as a golfer. I really see this empowering coaches as well, you know, being able to have students that can collect that at the, at their home. And also, you know, it, it's well known that coaches struggle to get their students to practice on a routine, routine basis and being able to go into your backyard completely changes the dynamic of how much time you actually have to spend at the driving range. I know we've talked about this before, but it's, it's worth repeating because it really is kind of a, a huge deal for a coach to be able to have that access to information also for a student to be able to have easier access to, to actually practicing what the coach wants. Absolutely. I mean, there's, I don't, I've, I've gotten, you know, a ton of lessons over the years. I've never, I've, I've never had real homework, you know, I've never, I've never, you know, sure. It might be obvious if I haven't been doing certain rituals and like, you know, pushing myself and, if the tendency is the exact same every time, sure. But when you can see it on paper, it changes the game. You know, it, it, it completely, it will be obvious. I mean, from my most recent lesson, I, I, I was told to work on low irons and trying to hit down more. Um, that's there. You know what I mean? It, it's there or it's not. And, and, you know, when you're going into a booth and you're hitting a ball that is giving you exact data points on every shot, there's no masking it. Like you're hitting down on the ball or you're not. And, uh, you know, if, if you're trying to, if you're trying to hit down between two and three degrees, um, and, and, you know, your numbers are saying, you know, half a degree, 
yeah, you, you fail. You get an F. And, and, and if you're serious about improving it, it, it should be that way. It, it should be a little bit cutthroat because if you want to improve, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. That, that's why golf is so many people can peter out because it's, it's really hard to improve after a certain level, especially if you don't really know how to improve. Um, yeah, but the, the coach, the coach uh, uh, impact could be colossal. You know, not only with the homework that you might be doing uh, for for them specifically, but just bringing data for them as a start, and 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 just uh, allowing them to more responsibly make a plan that's catered for you, that's custom to your game, your tendencies, or your SWAT. If we if we want to keep that theme going, I think it was maybe Bill Parcells who said, "You are what your record is," and I think a golfer, you are what your stats are, right? You can absolutely you can you know, say whatever you want, but you, you put down a certain score at the end of every round and, you know, your driver stats are your driver stats. You know, you could say that you hit it a certain distance, but if you have the proof right in front of you, you may only hit it 260 yards, but you may say that you hit it 280, but you are what your stats are. I completely agree. And, you know, that's a big, that's a great, you know, metaphor there with, because, I just think um, a huge revel revelation that I had when getting back into golf years ago, nobody hits as far as they think they do. Nobody. Now, once you get into the game, you come to realize where you stand and you sort of have a reckoning and you just kind of say, okay, this is who I am. You know, I'm, I, this is me. And, and that's okay. And what you learn is there's this kind of trend that's been happening in golf because of the lack of statistics, people like to talk big. They like to talk about their numbers off the tee. And, you know, there was, what could you do 15 years ago? How are you going to fact check them? Someone's telling you they averaged 280 off the tee. You just have to nod and say, wow, geez, I need to, I need to go to the range. Beat some balls. Who, uh, who think they hit, they uh, hit it 315 off the tee. I, I need, I need to fact check that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the bigger this kind of like, I, you know, I use Garmin, you know, lots of people use different apps and, uh, you know, tracking uh, platforms and wearables and things to just kind of like get some, you know, preliminary you know, or rather baseline numbers while they're out on the course. And there, there's a reckoning to be had. I mean, the, 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 ju the, the judgment day is coming here when when. When, it be, when it's completely normal for everybody to be tracking their rounds with some kind of device, um, the lying is out the window. Your numbers are what they are, and there's going to be no getting around it. And that's good for the sport, and that's good for golfers and individuals. Let, let's get real. You know, numbers don't lie. <laughs> it's kind of like in the 90s when you'd go on a road trip and you'd pull out the huge maps and try to you know, guide your way through, uh, right. your road trip. Uh, yeah. You know, now a lot of people still put those maps out. <laughs> oh <laughs> I, yeah. I think that's change. <laughs> Ab absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just a matter of time and, um, it, it's always a good thing. You know what I mean? It's, 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 there's no, it's understanding things better. You don't have to use the numbers. Heck, if you, if you want to, Ignore the numbers and, and go back to telling people that you hit off 280 off the tee. That's your right. But, you know, 
it's it's I think it's a good thing for the sport. It's a good thing for athletes to have the access to. So it's a good trend and and it's only growing in golf. So well, Rowan, thank you for hopping onto the podcast again. This is a lot of fun. Really looking forward to the next era in golf because there there is a whole other world out there that we're kind of uncovering slowly here, but it's just a really exciting time. It was great to to have you on the pod and we'll have to have you on again sometime. Thanks, Sean. It's always a pleasure. Thanks again to Rowan for coming on to the podcast. That was a lot of fun and we're so pumped to launch the Graph Golf Ball. If you couldn't tell, we are pretty excited. Before we go, just a reminder that the Behind the Ball series now has six installments. There is one with each core member of the group describing their role, why they are excited about Graph, why a smart golf ball and analytics platform can be a game changer moving forward. So go back and check those out if you have some time. And it's also not too late to go back to last week's episode where I went through 10 bold predictions for the PGA Tour season. We'll be keeping track of those throughout the year. That is all the time we have for today. We'll be back with another episode on Monday, January 24th. So be on the lookout for that. We'll see you again soon. Cheers.